Psalm chapter 37. Won't be long tonight. When am I ever, right? (laughs) Psalm chapter 37, 1 through 8. Read that. One of these messages here, I think uh, um, I'm going to pile in a a few points, about five of them, and and, uh, I think I'll kind of keep moving a little quick. Uh, Obviously, this is... uh, Something that I understand you can really dig in deep. <laughs> and uh, you could probably preach ten messages on just one point. But I think it's uh, important for us to get all points here, and I hope it's a blessing to you this evening. Psalm chapter 37, 1 through 8. This is David speaking. It says, Fret not thyself because of evil do- doers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass, and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord, and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth prospereth in the way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger, and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. Let's pray really quick. Lord, thank you for this day. Once again, you bless us with, Lord. I do pray that this time of preaching, opening up your word, uh, would just be exactly what we need tonight. Lord, I do pray that you would speak to us in a great and great and mighty way. Lord, be with me. Fill me with your spirit. Only have uh, me say the things that you would have me to say. In your name, amen. The title of the message uh, this evening is Steps for Peace in a Fretful Life. Steps for Peace in a Fretful Life. The word fret or fretful is not really a type of word that we use too often. Uh, at least I don't. Maybe you guys do. I'm not sure. But uh, the meaning of that, uh, just from a simple Webster's Dictionary, is uh, to, to, it means irritable or irritated or you're restless. Uh, that's what that word would mean. The word fret, as found in, as, as in verse 1 here, the first word there, uh, it, it kind of means along the same lines. Uh, it means uh, a little bit different in the Hebrew as uh, it means to burn or to be kindled, uh, to be inflamed, and uh, not literally, but uh, basically uh, you're uh, on fire from your anger. You're kind of impatient. Uh, You're just a little bit irritated uh, about um, what this verse is talking about here. Doesn't it kind of describe our lives that time? Don't we kind of get a little bit irritated, a little bit angry? And uh, you know, I was thinking about this even this morning, Brother Carter uh, preaching uh, uh, you know, a good message. And, and really, I'm sure many churches across the U.S. are preaching messages along the same lines about just the times that we're in today. And uh, I think uh, for sure uh, the unsaved person gets a little upset at what they see going on, but even Christians do as well. We're not exempt from this. 
We get a little bit irritated. We get a little bit discouraged and whatever, uh, inflamed uh, because of the things that are going on in our country. And uh, it's, it's discouraging times that we find ourselves in. But uh, this verse, this passage here, I believe will kind of help us a little bit with hearing that a little, a little bit there. Uh, the psalm, as I said before, was written by, written by David. And this was a time when he was getting up in, in years. He was getting kind of old. Uh, if you flip over, uh, at least in my Bible, you've got to look at verse 25. Uh, you've got to flip the page to see that. And it says, uh, this is what David says, I have been young and now am old. Yet have I not seen the righteousness forsaken for his uh, seed begging bread. So you can see, uh, David's an old man now. Uh, he is uh, up there in years, and he's writing uh, this psalm for us today. And uh, I kind of picture David, you know, as uh, maybe you do as well, I kind of picture uh, David kind of like an old grandpa, you know, kind of sitting there, and he brings on over his uh, grandchild or whatever and says, hey, let me teach you a few words of advice. Let me give you something. Uh, let me try to teach you something. And I think it's a great thing to listen to older people. I don't say that rudely, and you know that. But uh, some people that have been around the block, right, been around the block a time or two, you, you've experienced some things, uh, you have a wealth of knowledge, and uh, it's worth it to sit down and listen to somebody like that. Maybe you've had a grandpa or grandma that you really enjoy just sitting down and listening to them. I really enjoy sitting down and listening to uh, veterans of war, just their stories, uh, the ones that they like to share anyways, but the stories uh, that they share just uh, of what it was like. And, and boy, I really enjoy sitting down and listening to, to somebody that's been there. That's the kind of I picture David. He's, like I said, he's up there in age, and he has a wealth of knowledge. Uh, he's seen many things take place. He has many years under his belt. Uh, uh, he has uh, seen the hand of God many of times. Uh, he has experienced mistakes, downfalls in his life. And uh, so why would you not want to listen to this man? Why would you not want to listen to him and heed to what he has to say this evening? And this is what he says. The first verse, he says, Don't fret because of evildoers. Don't be envious or prideful of those who are workers of iniquity. So here in verse 1, David is addressing um, kind of an age-old problem, and even a problem that we see today, big time. It plagues the people of God as Christians, and, and basically the question is, is why do the wicked seem to prosper while the righteous suffer. Oh boy, don't we see that a lot today? And it seems like the wicked person always seems to have one step ahead of us. And it can get discouraging uh, at times. And uh, I don't know about you, but it always seems to be the case in, in, in the Christian's life. We always seem to be behind. People always that are ungodly seem to be prospering uh, far more than we are. And it can be frustrating. It can be fretful. Verse 2, though, it kind of just, for me, it just solidifies the fact that we don't need to worry about this. It says, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. I mean, basically, they're not getting anywhere with the way they're acting. Uh, I like how, what a preacher said specifically about this verse. It says, we always need to remember that our earthly existence 
talking about Christians here, that our earthly existence is as close to hell as we're ever going to get. For the wicked and unbelieving person, though, their days of pleasure are short, and they have no future beyond this life. This world is as close to heaven as they will ever get. And boy, that's, that's true, right? It's sad, for sure. But for a Christian, we don't have anything to worry about when we come into those situations in life because we are going to heaven one day. Uh, we, our, home is, our home isn't here. Our home is in heaven. And that's, that's a comfort. That's a peace that we can have. But for the person that's unsaved, in a sense, this is their enjoyment here on earth. And it's sad to think that. We must remember also what Paul says. It says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. It's a given for the godly Christian to suffer persecution. And it sure seems like, yes, we take one step forward and then two steps back in life, but we must not fret. There's no need to fret in this life, to become angry because of the lost who seem to be prospering before us. But rather, we need to keep our right focus. Our focus should not be here on earth. Our focus should be towards heaven. Our focus should be on what the purpose is of why we're here, to reach others for Christ, to win that person that's lost, that needs the Lord. David goes on in the next few verses, though, and this is where I really want to focus our attention uh, this evening. And he kind of explains uh, the alternative. Uh, to this. And I kind of already gave one, you know, just keep your right focus. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. Uh, but uh, he goes on and he kind of explains the alternative to fretting, to, to being angry, to uh, being um, just upset about maybe the circumstances that we're experiencing. And that alternative, and I like the hymn that we sang, peace, peace, wonderful peace. But that alternative uh, for those things is peace, is it not? Peace in our lives, in the world. That's the alternative there. Like I said, with all that is going on in this world, especially this year, 2020, woohoo, you know, <laughs> who would have thought? Uh, just so many things that uh, it's just one thing after another, and it can get discouraging. Uh, but uh, with all these things that are going on, it is sure nice to have peace, to say, I have peace in the midst of a storm that's going on about me. I don't see that when I flip on the TV station. I don't see that when I look at social media. I see a lot of people that are hurting, a lot of people that are discouraged, fearful. And uh, for myself, sometimes I can get sucked into that. I don't want to, though. I want peace. I want to know that I have perfect perfect peace amongst these trials that are going on. Do you have that today? Or are you finding yourself rather fretful in life? With the time we have left here, I'd like to walk through these steps that David gives us in these next few verses. And I would encourage you to take notes. Uh, write these things down. I don't, sorry, I don't have them up on the back there for you. Uh, but uh, you have your Bible right in front of you. Uh, maybe just mark them in your Bible. And I believe these would be a help to you. Number one is simple, live your life for the Lord. Live your life for the Lord. The emphasis here is for the believer to live a life that is pleasing to the Lord. 
The emphasis here is for the believer to live a life that is pleasing to the Lord. You think about it, that is our duty as a Christian. We're supposed to live our life for the Lord, to please Him in everything that we do. Romans 12.1, it's a verse that has been said quite often these past few months. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. I think uh, we often do not take in consideration sometimes whether our life that we're living has God's mark of approval. And I say that because I, I often go throughout my day and I don't think that like I ought to. And I'm sure that's the case for many people. We don't think that. We go throughout our day, we have a mission, but we actually don't really think about uh, what, am I, what I am doing for today. Does that have God's mark of approval on it? Is that something that God wants me to be doing right now? We may think it's fine what we're doing, Right. Uh, I'm just going to work. I'm just doing these n- things that I do every day. But have we really honestly thought about asking? <laughs> doesn't hurt to ask, right? doesn't hurt to ask God, hey, do I have your approval in what I'm doing right now? The goal for us as believers shouldn't really be about making ourselves happy or somebody else happy, but it should be all about making God happy. We're living our life to please Him. We're living our life to do what is acceptable in His sight. It's our reasonable service. David gives us two simple yet important areas we need to focus on in our life in order to live our life for God, to live a life that's pleasing to Him. Look at verse 3. Again, it says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Trust in the Lord and do good. The first thing, in order to please the Lord and live a life that's pleasing to the Lord, you need to trust Him. You need to have faith in Him. It's not always easy to walk by faith and not by sight, right? Especially today. Uh, Boy, uh, we're all about our sight. We see something on the news. We see something on social media, and we get fearful. We aren't putting our faith and trust in the Lord at those points. We're putting our faith and trust, I believe, in other things, the problems in this life. I'm not saying that's the case for everybody. (laughs) Uh, I'm kind of speaking for myself here in a ways, but these are just some things that I found myself doing during this time, and I'm like, man, I've had enough. It's amazing when it first started, you know, I'd I'd always be, okay, I want to watch these press conferences every single night. I'm like, after a week and a half of this, I'm like, I've had enough. (laughs) This is just too much for me. And, boy, I still find myself checking the news from time to time, but uh, I I usually get uh, convicted very quickly about uh, uh, just things. I'm letting fear control me and not God. I'm not trusting in Him. And uh, uh, that's what we need to do. Uh, I think it would be a great idea for us to shut off the news from time to time. I think it would be a great idea for us to set aside social media from time to time. Because those, those things affect us. And if you think that you can overpower those things, I want to check again. Those things are powerful. And uh, they have a huge effect on us. And uh, the moment you see something, boy, there's other things as well. It's just so tempting to not live your life in faith in Jesus Christ, but rather by sight. And, and uh, when you are living a life like that, 
Uh, you're not putting your trust in God. You're putting your trust in other things, in yourself. I like what Romans 8.28 says. Uh, it says this, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. We must remember that the things, uh, that things are never as they may appear. You know, we look at all this stuff and it's the end of the world, you know, uh, all these different things like, I can't believe that's happening and, and all these uh, different things that might pop into our head. But we've got to remember that God's in control, uh, that these things that we may be experiencing in this life may not actually be as bad as what we think. And uh, God knows that's all, that's all you really need to know is that God knows and you can trust in him. Learn to trust God no matter what, no matter what comes in life. It's something that I'm working on, and uh, it's something that I, I could desperately need some work on, and I've been trying to get better at that. But boy, how quickly do we, when we see things go around on in our life, do we automatically take things upon ourselves? Uh, we live our life by what we see, by what we hear, but we don't live our life based upon God and what he can do. And what uh, he and just the fact that he is in control of all. Walk a life of faith, not fear. And when you do that, you're on your way to peace. Number two, there, uh, I guess it'd be letter B under point number one: live your life for the Lord. Is do good, and uh, that's pretty simple to understand, right? Do good, and just remember this with this point here. Remember what you think is good in your eyes may not necessarily be good in God's eyes. What you think is good in your own eyes, and your own thoughts, whatever, may not necessarily be good in God's eyes. The, the idea here is that whatever you do, it should be well-pleasing to the Lord. God delights when we honor Him, when His name is praised in everything that we do. Uh, it's basically, if you think about it, that do good, it's kind of a call to holiness, we can't become as holy as, as Christ, but, boy, we can sure try. Uh, we can do our best to do good and consider him in every part of our life. It's, it's a life that's lived for God. Trust in the Lord. Do good. And you're like, boy, Pastor Tony, that's already a tall order. Oh, you just wait. There's some more things here. And, uh, boy, I can guarantee you, you won't ever reach perfection in these areas, but we can all try, right? Number two, uh, delight yourself in the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord. And we'll look at that in verse 4. It says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. On the flip side uh, of this verse, you would delight in the things of the world. Uh, on the opposite there. And ra rather than delighting in the Lord, you would delight in the things of this world. And... Uh, Basically, what we see here is uh, um, uh, kind of in context with the passage, uh, David tells us not to fret or envy these individuals that do delight themselves after the things of the world uh, because, well, they're just ending for destruction there. Uh, but if you do, think about it, if you do envy these people that are, you know, living their life for the world, are delighting themselves in the world, it's kind of like you're basically joining them, right? I think that's how it works. The command here, though, is to rather delight thyself in the Lord. That's what we're supposed to do. And what this word uh, delight means is that instead of 
of, you know, an actual, when we think of a delight, it's like, oh, that candy is a delight to me. Uh, it actually means focus. That, that's what that word means. So, so we're going to focus on the Lord. So what it means to delight yourself in the Lord is to focus on God rather than the problems that may arise around you. And uh, so uh, we're not supposed to focus on the people that are getting away with things, they're living their life to the fullest, yet they're living a life of sin, and we're going to get all upset about it. We're not supposed to focus on the negative things that are happening in our country, but rather we're supposed to delight or focus ourselves upon God. I don't know about you, but my instinct, again, is to focus on my problems that I have in my life. How can I solve those? How, how is it going to affect me? the problem that I have. And that brings nothing but discouragement and defeat in your life because you will find out quickly that you can't solve the world's problems. Nobody can. Not even the president. You can't solve the world's problems, but hey, God can. God can solve the world's problems. God can solve your problem. So why not focus on him? Why not focus on him rather than focusing on the issues around you? We are challenged here to focus or delight in God rather than, in this passage, the wicked people that prosper around us. To focus on what God has done and what he will do for us in the future is just incredible if we think about it. So why would we not want to focus on God? I love what the promise says in that same verse. says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Uh, you know, don't get too excited here about that verse. It's like, oh, okay, if I focus myself on the Lord, I'll get whatever I want. Not necessarily. That's not what it means there. But what it's saying is when you focus on the Lord, when your uh, focus is on Him uh, and your full attention is on Him, you're yielded completely to Him, that means that you will only want the things that He wants for you or what he thinks is good for you. So no matter what, it's a win-win situation. You're happy no matter what. If you delight yourself in the Lord, if you focus on him, you are going to get the desires of your heart. You can't go wrong there. Uh, and uh, you may say, hey, I never got that million dollars. Oh, probably wasn't God's will for you. If you're focusing on God, then and what you have is what you have. It was probably God's will for you, and you're going to be happy. If you're not happy with what you have, you're probably not focusing on God like you ought to. So that's kind of what that means there. It's a promise as you focus on the Lord. If you have your delight in Him, uh, you can't go wrong. You're going to be happy with whatever you have. Number three, uh, we, we talked about live your life for the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord. Remember, these are steps that we can take to have peace during this, these difficult times that we have in this world. Uh, number three, commit your way to the Lord. Commit your way to the Lord. Verse 5 says, Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. The word commit here, to me, it is just an amazing definition here, the word commit. And one commentary put it this way, and I really liked it. It means to roll thy way upon Jehovah. Roll thy way upon Jehovah. In other words, you're supposed to, when you commit yourself to the Lord, uh, you're rolling your burdens of life onto the Lord. You're giving it over to Him. 
He doesn't expect us or want us to carry those burdens alone. Uh, uh, What a comforting thought that is. You know, how many burdens are we carrying from these last two months? Probably a lot. Probably a lot of thoughts, a lot of, boy, what that person said I didn't agree with. And just so many different burdens we can carry uh, from this. God's saying, give them over to me. Commit them unto the Lord. Roll them upon my shoulders. Matthew eleven twenty eight. it says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon, upon me and learn of me. And uh, boy, what an excellent invitation God gives to us uh, to yoke up with him. Uh, when we don't think we can take any more of this stuff going on, yoke up with him. Commit yourself to the Lord. Roll your burdens of life upon him because he wants to take them. Boy, that's what peace is when you don't have any burdens. You have burdens upon your shoulders, you don't have no peace. But if you get rid of those burdens, if you allow the Lord to carry them in your life, ah, you can relax. You can have peace in this life. And life's trials, uh, there's so many of them. But committing yourself to the Lord, uh, you can have peace through that. I like the life of Job, and, and uh, I know this is a definitely a... Um, reminder to us, uh, but uh, we know Job lost everything, right? And uh, that was God's will for him. He lost everything, everything, his family, his wealth. And uh, I like what he says, Job thirteen fifteen says, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. And it could have been easy for him to fret, get a little angry, irritated by what was going on. But that verse that he says, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him, that's basically him saying, I'm just going to give it to the Lord. I'm going to commit my ways to the Lord. I'm going to roll the burdens that are heavy upon me to the Lord and find peace, find rest. Live your life for the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord. Commit your way to the Lord. Number four, rest in the Lord. Rest in the Lord. Uh, rest, doesn't it sound good about right now? I think I see a few people out there sleeping. Anyways, but it's actually not what the word means. Does it, mean to, it doesn't mean uh, to kick back on your couch and take a nap. Uh, maybe that's what you did this afternoon. Uh, but it actually means to be silent. So what that word rest means, to be silent. And uh, we can find that in uh, verse 7 there. It says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in the way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. So it means uh, to be silent. And we go back uh, to verse 1 where David tells us not to fret. And like I said, that means to be hot in a blaze of anger, to heat it up, get worked up over something, over the condition of the world, over, over uh, just a trial that you're going through, whatever it might be. And uh, it just could be anything that's bugging you at the time. So it kind of makes sense that David would add this part here uh, to uh, rest, to just be silent. I believe God gives us, a, uh, gives us a, as Christians the wonderful opportunity uh, to voice our opinions, shall I say? And uh, I, don't, I don't mean to step on anybody's toes here, honestly. 
Uh, but uh, God gives us that. It's, it's a freedom that we share in this country, uh, the right to, to speak, to say what we would like to. God gives us that wonderful opportunity to voice our opinions. And, and it's, it's just a grateful thing that we have that we can uh, share our positions based upon what God's Word says. I'm so thankful for that. I mean, if you were to do that in another country, China or something, you probably wouldn't be alive for too long. But, uh, you know, it, it's, it's amazing. But, you know, um, I think sometimes maybe we uh, just, I'm not saying, I'm, oh, trust me, I, I don't have anybody in mind. Oh, you guys know that, right? Nobody in mind. Maybe it's myself in mind. Who knows? But sometimes, sometimes I think we can voice our opinions and say something, and, uh, and, but we just maybe go a little bit too far. Maybe we're like, uh, it's like, okay, just keep going, just keep going, just keep going. Now, I think it's awesome, first and foremost, to say what you believe, if, if it's based upon God's Word, if you believe that to be true. But I think there comes a time where we just need to shut up. Just be silent. Just be silent. Give it to the Lord, so to speak. Rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for Him to work out the situation in life. And, uh, and I believe that's the best way. I believe that we can't take these things upon ourselves sometimes, uh, but we need to give it to the Lord. I mean, these all kind of just play in together. Roll that burden that we have upon Him. He'll take care of it for us. And it's certainly not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy thing to do at all. And I found out that myself already in a couple different things. But, and so this, was, this verse really hit home for me. But I, I think it's what God would have us to do in order to take that step to peace. To, yes, I'm going to voice my opinion. I'm going to let people know what I stand for. But... I'm also going to trust in the Lord. I'm going to be silent when I need to be silent, and I'm going to let God handle it from there. Number five, uh, stay the course. Stay the course. And we see in verse 8, it says, Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. So here we simply see the command to control our anger. And throughout any uh, testing that we may go through, there is the possibility for some roots of bitterness to take place. Uh, there's a possibility for us to just get mad, uh, whether it's at God, whether it's at an individual, maybe the church, maybe the government, uh, maybe the media, who knows. There's a chance for us to get uh, very angry, get very bitter towards these people, these, uh, these groups, whatever it might be. I think the list can go on and on. But when we are tempted to allow anger to fester in our life, remember, remember that it's God's will for us to stay the course. If there is one thing that anger and bitterness does, it gets you off your course, a course that you're supposed to be walking as a Christian. And you, you probably know that. You've probably been bitter or angry at somebody before. I've been bitter and angry at somebody before. And what do you do? You think about that. You don't stay your course. You think about the, the issue that's taking place. And before you know it, you're going down a path that uh, God never intended you to go down. And so if there's one thing that, that anger and bitterness will do in your life is to take you off your course and you're focusing on that issue. 
keep in mind that your struggles will end down the line. They just don't last uh, uh, forever. We know that. Uh, uh, but they're uh, just for a moment. And uh, remember, as a Christian as well, uh, why we're supposed to stay the course is because, well, we have a home in heaven one day. Uh, we, don't, we don't need to worry about these distractions on both sides, but keep your eye on the prize. And one verse that uh, I came across that I've taught to the teens recently, and, and I, I really liked it. Uh, I'll just read the first part, but Ecclesiastes 3.1, it says, To everything there's a season. And if there's one thing here that we know as Michiganders, that's what a season is. We know what seasons are. Uh, we have all five of them if you include row construction, right? And we know what seasons are. And eventually, what happens with the season? It goes away. They come and they go. That's the seasons of life as well. Your present trial that you're facing will eventually go away. And uh, if you give it to God, but if you take it upon yourself, boy, it may never go away. So just realize that God is in control of everything that takes place. Uh, for everything, there's a season. I call it the roller coaster of life sometimes. You have your ups and downs, but you're still going to stay on that track. You're not going to get off the track. You'll die. But you're going to stay on the track, and you're going to just ride those ups and downs of life, and you're going to trust in the Lord. The key, though, is just to stay the course. Uh, don't let bitterness, don't let anger distract you. Stay the course. Don't become distracted by these things. As we close here uh, tonight, uh, I'd like to draw your attention to John chapter 14 and verse 27. And uh, if you want, you can turn there. John chapter 14 and verse 27. John chapter 14, verse 27. It says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. In this moment here, Christ was just about ready to leave his disciples. He was about ready to go and die on the cross for each and every one of us. And obviously, uh, Christ knew uh, the disciples were a little bit fearful, a little bit discouraged maybe, uh, sad about him being gone, about him about ready to leave. But I like what he leaves his disciples during this time of heartache. He leaves peace. And uh, this peace wasn't just any peace. It was the gospel of peace. And, uh, and they, in return, uh, were supposed to share that peace that they had for other people and tell them how you can have eternal peace as well. You know, even during a pandemic and during riots, during election year, uh, we as Christians still have a duty to be a shining light, don't we, uh, in this world? And, and I've been nothing but encouraged by hearing some opportunities, opportunities that people have had uh, to be a witness during these times. But just because we're going through life like this doesn't mean that we automatically get to for, uh, have to forget about the Great Commission. No, uh, we, we might have some doors open. That's not the case at all. Uh, we still need to be a shining light. But you're not going to do a good job if you're fretful. You're not going to do a good job if you're focused on the problems around you, if you're focused on 
whatever it might be, you're angry towards somebody, uh, uh, you uh, didn't like what somebody told you, I don't know, whatever might arise during these times, uh, you're not going to be able to do your job like you ought to if you are fretting, if you don't have that peace. Now, I, I trust everybody, mostly everybody in here knows Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. They have peace, that the peace of God that one day they are going to heaven one day. But when you let yourself get distracted by the things of life, we kind of forget about that. And we forget about why we're really here. We're really here to, to share the good news of Jesus Christ, to please him in everything that we do. And uh, there's just no excuse. There's no excuse for us as Christians that why we cannot have peace today. Uh, you follow these five things here, and uh, I guarantee you, as David says, you know, don't fret. Uh, I guarantee you're not going to have a fretful life. If you follow these things, if you live your life for the Lord, you delight yourself in the Lord, commit your way to the Lord, rest in the Lord, and then stay your course. You do those five things, I guarantee you, you're going to have peace during a, a very tough time. And, you know, eventually, like I said, things are going to pass, but you'll have these in your arsenal. You'll be able to pull them out when the next pandemic rolls around, and you, you'll be ready. You're ready to go. You're going to have the peace of God in your life. So I hope that was a blessing to you. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for everything you do for us, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity here to preach, Lord, and share something from your word. I do pray that uh, we would take these uh, verses, these points here to heart. Lord, my desire for my life is to not let uh, the things around me to affect my life so I'm not of any use to you, uh, but to rather find peace, uh, to, uh, to take David's advice here, find that perfect peace that passes all understanding. And then I'm ready, I'm ready to do what you've called me to do, to live for you, and to be a shining light in this dark world. I pray that there's somebody here that uh, maybe needs to uh, take on a few of these points. I pray that their, uh, their heart would be willing to do that today. Lord, if there's somebody here that doesn't know you as their personal Savior as well, Lord, I pray that they would make that decision right now in your name. Amen. You don't mind standing for me, head bow, heads bowed and eyes closed. We'll go ahead and just uh, play a few verses here. Lord spoke to you in any specific way, I pray that you would uh, get that right there in your pew or come forward here.
up this way. I hope you enjoyed your time here at church today, and I know I have some blessing, just uh, uh, the music and the messages today. Um, uh, don't forget afterwards, if you're willing to help uh, with the stage in the back here for the kindergarten graduation, uh, that'd be great. All right, take your hymn books during this time, and we'll uh, sing a closing hymn, 261, Trust and Obey. 261, we'll sing that first verse together. When we walk with the Lord.